Choose Recovery is a lifestyle apparel brand. Spreading awareness and hope for addiction recovery. We emphasize following God, rewriting your story, never giving up, making a difference. Bringing hope and awareness from real people. This is the Choose Recovery Podcast. All right, so Choose Recovery Podcast, YouTube channel, and we are coming at you guys with uh, an opportunity, an opportunity, not an opportunity. It's a a interview. Yes. Right? Why don't you just take it, Courtney? Because I don't know what I'm saying. So um, we are Choose Recovery doing a live with Taylor. He wanted to spread some hope and speak some light into the dark world. And here in Choose Recovery on our side, we like to stomp out stigma, spread awareness, and give people opportunity to use their voice. So we have Taylor on the line right now, and he is going to speak his truth. Yeah, and I think we can just look probably at that camera. I got like all these cameras set up for different angles that I'm experimenting with. So that's what I was like looking there and looking there and looking here. I think we'll just look straight on um, this way. So, all right, dude. Have at it, man. Yeah, Uh, appreciate it, guys. Uh, You know, really, I I guess kind of to start, like just really thanks to you guys, Choose Recovery, for reaching out. it's, it's really amazing. Like, I think, you know, I, you know, before you guys reached out was really just, you know, praying for like more opportunities to be of service and to help others any way I can. Um, just because I know, you know, ultimately we only keep what we, what we give and, you know, I, you know, I'll get into my story a little bit. Um, but a big part of my solution is making sure that, you know, I'm being of service in some way and spreading God's God's love and grace for me. And I think that's one part that I slacked in last time as far as, you know, when I when I did relapse. So just really grateful for the opportunity. Um, so, yeah, just want to start off with that. But I guess, you know, I'll, I'll start just kind of like giving a brief qualification, um, you know, with of myself and kind of where I was um, I try not to focus too much on that because I think you know we can all relate on war stories and you know that dark dark spot but you know I I want to talk more about the solution to all that Um, but so yeah going back so for me I my main thing was alcohol you know I do consider myself an alcoholic. Um, and you know, but what I, as I look back on it, I think my alcoholism started way before I even picked up my first drink. And, you know, I was always raised in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor growing up, um, and was always around church, but I was never like really in church and having a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I, I know now how, much the two differentiate um i always just kind of looked at it as you know oh it's what you do on sundays like you punch your time card you go home you memorize your bible verse for the week and everything and um but i always just kind of like felt this you know need for more and i guess the obsession the obsessive thoughts and stuff really started for me you know even in as a kid just wanted to be the best at everything and get, you know, acknowledged for things. And, you know, a lot of that for me was in sports. And then 
as I gained popularity in high school, like it was girls and, you know, sports even more than college. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have a pretty good college football career. Um, but like, I, as I, I look back at it, like I was always doing those things for gratification, you know, for sources, things outside of myself to feel, feel good about these things that I was feeling on the inside. And so I link my alcoholism a lot to that because for me, alcohol was never really the problem. It was always what I was using as the solution to what my problems were. And, um, you know, it's as I kind of got away from, you know, having all that stuff in, in high school to justify myself through whether it was, you know, dealing with my anger, anxieties, depression, um, you know, once that stuff kind of started to fade away, you know, and I found alcohol and that, that feeling kind of like that first sip of that first drink I ever had, you know, all that just felt lifted, you know, and it, it, it felt great at the time and then it's you know it I started going more to that and um you know I kind of st started to struggle more and more with my mental health issues and I became more anxious and more depressed and you know the alcohol was there it made me feel feel good momentarily <laughs> but you know when I would wake up the next day everything was just extremely amplified um so the solution I was seeking at that time just wasn't, you know, ultimately a, a good solution to any of those problems. Um, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, think it's too important to touch on war stories too much, but the, eventually it turned from, you know, being the heavy college drinker on the weekend, stuff like that, being the life of the party and to, you know, oh, I'm 21 now, I can have this whenever I want, to like literally, you know, through different, you know, things I was going through in my life, um, that I was just going to that all the time. And, you know, unfortunately it became this soul like really the, the main thing in my life that my whole day was focused around, you know, it was waking up and planning out, okay, I have this much money I can spend today. Like, you know, f doing the math in my head of how much alcohol I needed to feel good throughout the day. And, you know, some days it was like, okay, I'm going to drink over, you know, eating. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I say that just because not out of like, oh, I'm so proud of it and stuff, but just for people out there that are struggling with it and maybe can relate just to know that there, there is hope. Um, and, you know, it's so I guess I'll when I really realized that alcohol was a problem for me was it would have been about two years ago. Um, you know, I was doing the whole mental health circuit, like I said, going to, you know, every counselor. I even had a suicide attempt in there, was in a psych ward for a little bit. Um, 
you know, and they even brought up the alcohol thing while I was in there. And I'm like, you know, of course I brushed it off. I'm like, no, 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 that can't be it. You know, I'm just depressed. I need the right meds. And, um, you know, of course they were trying all these different psych meds and, you know, experimenting with psych meds on top of drinking all the time is not a good combination for the brain at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I knew that I needed to stop and especially cause I got to a point where honestly, like I, I just wanted to be done. You know, I would, would, I would drink every morning, just hoping that I would drink enough to have, you know, enough nerve at night to maybe just end it, you know? And, um, I, by the grace of God, I never got to that point. <laughs> you know, usually I would either, you know, just pass out, wake up the next day and be like, okay, today's the day, you know? And cause I knew at that point, like I just couldn't stop. And, but I kept praying every day, even through that, like, you know, it's just God, like help me. Like I need to stop. Like I know my life is unmanageable. I know this is out of control, like seeking out to him. And, um, then I got, I got busted for a DUI, um, which would have been my second one. And uh, honestly, like people, people, like one of the questions people always ask, like, oh, like what, you know, what, what did you feel like when you saw the headlights behind you and you were getting pulled over? And honestly, like I felt so much relief because like I, I felt like to me, like that was God answering my prayers because I knew I couldn't stop and I needed something to be sent to me outside of myself to stop me. And, you know, and I remember like being in the back of the cop car in handcuffs and just saying that to him and just thanking him. Like, cause I was just so relieved because it, it just was out of control. And I, I knew I needed, you know, something greater than me to stop. And I was just so grateful, you know, to God for, putting that cop in the right place at the right time because one, I didn't hurt anybody else Two, I wasn't hurt. And it was a power greater than myself that stopped me from, you know, continuing down that path. So checked into treatment the two days later, um, and spent 37 days inpatient and then moved back into my parents, which was a very humbling experience. Um, which I'm very grateful for them for being very supportive through all of it. Um, and from there, got some time together. And then I'm sure as a lot of people say, then COVID hit and my work got shut down. I work at a gym. Um, so we got shut down and I, I honestly learned a lot during that time because, you know, I felt like I was doing really good. I was like, dominating this recovery thing this and you know like oh like i know what to do like you know i'm so spiritual now like i have all the keys but like being in quarantine alone with your thoughts can be a dangerous thing and um you know i don't i don't blame covid or quarantine for it all i know a lot of people went through it but i'm I, i'm actually really grateful for it because it taught me how much i needed that routine and how I need that time with God and I need to actually like walk the walk and not just like talk the talk because, you know, in recovery, you have a lot of like the lingo and the sayings and I knew it all. Like, 
and I knew how to say, you know, what my sponsor wanted to hear and, you know, could toss that stuff around all day. But, you know, in reality, I wasn't, and this kind of comes back to the, the service aspect that I talked about in the beginning. Like I wasn't reaching out to people, like not even for like my own stuff, like, but I wasn't checking in on other people. I wasn't sharing my experience, strength or hope. And you know, I got, I got complacent with the recovery bit. And then that thought just came into my head one day where I'm like, no, like, you know, I'm in quarantine, you know, we're, we're locked down. I'm home alone. I am not going to drive anywhere. Like what's the worst that could happen. And I decided to, and I even thought in that moment, it was crazy. Like looking back at it, I'm like, you know, this is going to be the moment that I look back like two months from now where I'm like, darn, like I shouldn't have picked up that first drink because I, I hear the deal like over and over again and how the allergy kicks in. Um, and I picked up that first drink and it was off to the races right away. And um, yeah, the obsession re returned really quickly and I distanced myself from, from some people and we're still doing, you know, the, the bit and it just got back to to where I was and I just again decided like okay like I gotta go back to treatment so I, I decided to sign myself back in and um you know I I was really grateful for my relapse and because I went into treatment honestly originally because a lot of it was talking with my sponsor talking with my family and they're like look like you either got a you know, you have three choices, you know, and I remember it perfectly, like three guys from the program um, came to my house and they were just like, look, like you, and I know they always talk about like jails, institutions or death. And you're like, you know, you know where it's going to lead to eventually. And like, where do you want to go? I'm like, I'm going to go back to treatment. So I went back to treatment that night, um, spent a month in treatment and really just dove deeper into myself and just really focused more on the spirituality aspect of it and getting closer with God to, um, and during that time, because, um, you know, I, yeah, like I got clean before quote unquote, but I don't think I was living a truly sober lifestyle because I was still trying to be the director of my own life, you know, instead of giving that all to God. And, um, it's crazy how our minds can, can manipulate ourselves to think like, Oh, this is God's will for me. This is everything for like, this is what he wants me to do. Like I'm, I'm the spiritual one and everything, but really like I was still trying to, you know, man, work things to happen in my life. And it's like, Oh, like even when I was sober, it was, Oh, like I'm sober. Like I'm clean now. Like, you know, my life should just all be back together and still trying to control like, you know, outside things that that just weren't weren't right um for me to have any part in and um so i i decided like this time through just to really give everything to him you know not fight anything or any suggestions or processes and just pray about everything and just hope for the right path to come out in front of me and um you know, it, it's, it's crazy how it's all really worked out 
And I just feel so much more mentally stable having that mindset, you know, like in treatment, you know, a big thing was, you know, where I was going to go after I got out of treatment this time through. And because I was, I was living with my parents and, you know, I love my, my parents are phenomenal. Um, and they are the most loving and I'm sure everyone says that about their parents, but they're the most loving people, caring people. I've never even seen them take a sip of a, a toast at a wedding. Um, and, but I know they, you know, because of their love and care for me, they take some ownership of my alcoholism and my, my problems. Um, but I, tr you know, I try to explain to them, like, look, like, this isn't you guys, like you guys didn't do anything wrong. And I was living in their house when I relapsed and it was creating issues in our relationship. So one major thing, you know, was where I was going to go after treatment and just prayed about it, you know, didn't fight it at all. And just, you know, the counselors at, at the treatment center I was at at Brookdale, um, they suggested about going into a, a recovery house after I left. And, um, you know, I, I thought I would never be open to the idea. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Like, okay, God, like, this is what you want me to do. Like, I'm, I'm for it. And it's been such an amazing opportunity to do, to be in that recovery house because one, it's helped my relationship with my parents a lot because it's kind of kept my recovery life and my life with them separate and our relationships really grown and flourish. And they're so supportive now. Like they, I mean, my mom does like Al-Anon, we go, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Celebrate Recovery, but they come to that with me um, throughout the week. And it's it's cool for them to take such an interest in the recovery. Um, but also like being in the house, it's it's created opportunities for me to be of service every day to other guys too, you know, and, um, you know, guys that are coming fresh out of treatment that, that have nothing, some of them are, you know, guys that have been here a little while and, you know, it's like even to, you know, I have my, my Bible sitting out and to like come home and see them like reading that. And then we just have discussions for like 45 minutes, you know, and, and I, I don't know, all, I don't have all the answers at all. Um, but it's just cool to have those like faith driven conversations like every day and just with each other and like asking each other questions and then like, like, okay, like, yeah, let, let's, let's dig deeper into that. And I just feel so much more on a spiritual level and coming back to like I originally said about just being like knowing of God or and truly knowing God. You know, I feel like I'm much more on a path now of knowing God rather than just knowing of him. Um, and, you know, you know, instead of, you know, being around a program or like actually working the program or you know, going to church or being part of the church. And I, I'm really recognizing the difference of the two now. And um, I, I mean, obviously I still have my things I'm working through and I got to do my inventory every day and check myself. And I realize I'm much more aware of those things when I'm going down the wrong path. But, um, you know, I, I feel, you know, there's a lot of things in my life that I'm still working out. Um, I have a little baby girl that, um, working through some things as far as custody and everything like that. But, 
not the place to get into that, but like just the fact with that situation to not be here stressing about it, getting angry about it and just praying about it every day and just trusting like, okay, God, like I know you have a plan for this and I know it's on your timeline, not my timeline. Um, because I thought I was ready for certain things last time through and I obviously wasn't. So dude, like this is your show. You're the director. You make the play because I do much better as just a, uh, as an actor in the play rather than trying to, you know, direct the whole thing. Um, and I mean, my mental health, I feel good. I feel, you know, I still have my days, but I'm, I'm also learning how to, you know, feel because like I said, I mean, alcohol was such a solution for me for so long. And, you know, one thing I always like to try to emphasize too is, with sobriety doesn't mean all of a sudden like you're going to be skipping through the the flowers every day and you're going to be happy and you're going to be so like life is still unmanageable by all means like but now you know I have a solution and that solution being God instead of a bottle or my own devices or even going back to you know sports or women or anything like that that I could do to make me feel better but just to be able to feel those things um because it's okay to feel it's okay to get you know emotions are a normal thing in life and i'm learning that more and more every day but i'm also learning that giving it to god rather than burying it in a bottle ends up a lot better for me and it allows me to continue to be um just a vessel of what ultimately he's trying to do and um, sorry if I'm rambling, but uh, I'm just so, so grateful. Um, I feel really healthy physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, I, I have my routine and structure now. Um, even when things aren't good, I make sure like I always do those things like wake up, read my morning devotional. You know, I have you know, my, my podcasts I listen to in the morning or my worship music or um, just being more in tune where like sometimes I just need to, you know, take a moment and pray about things rather than being reactive and, um, you know, take a step back, pray about it, and then allow God to work through me to make an intuitive decision about um, things. But uh, yeah, I think it's... Um... Taylor, I think it's so amazing that you, well, for starters, that you even surrendered because I know alcohol is the number one killer. I know people die of other things, but alcohol is the number one killer in the United States, like in our nation, along with heroin. Um, and so to even surrender to that, because I know how it feels to idolize something and, um, to will, be willing to let go of that and be like, okay, I got to put something in place of this. What am I going to fill it with? And you chose God. Yeah. People don't always choose to fill it with something um, that productive and mm -hmm. that fulfilling. Um, yeah. And the humility and teachability too, you know, mm -hmm. of just like, going back with your parents and then going into the recovery home, you know, and just seeing then the way God has worked from what it sounds like in amazing ways, far above what we could ever imagine or think. Like I think Ephesians says, 
um, just in, uh, in your own journey and, and what he's taught you and brought you to this point. It's really sweet, dude. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And, um, again, like I know it's still, you know, a daily thing and, you know, the, the thing with alcohol that, you know, it is very, I know they say cutting, baffling and powerful, but with how socially acceptable it is too, like not drinking is almost like a weird thing to people sometimes depending. But, um, I think too, this time, this time around to be able to say that with pride, like, because I, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to be a alcoholic because like I said, I mean, I grew up around church. My dad was a pastor, everything. And I think without the experiences I had, I don't think I would have ever gotten to the point to have this type of relationship with, with God. And, um, you know, I, I think I needed to, you know, like you said, be humbled, hit that point of disparity and, you know, just to truly have a relationship with God because, you know, I, I was around it my whole life. I grew up in a Christian household and I don't think I ever really got it. And I don't think I ever really understood. Um, and the, the, the big thing I look at too now, and one thing I guess that I found really helpful is even like praying, like growing up, it'd always be like praying for things I wanted and praying for things like, Oh, like, you know, I pray the Eagles are going to win today or please let me get a good grade on this test. But it was always such self-seeking things where now, you know, my prayer is very like, you know, whatever your will is or like for other people or just trying to like use just, just to let me be of service. Even when I walk in a room, like whether it's people I come in contact with, like, let me just be a vessel of, you know, his word and stuff rather than, you know, I mean, I, it would be nice if the Eagles would have won a couple more games this year, but I don't think praying that they would have would have helped them too much. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, I think that's, a, you know, it's just, it's just really opened my eyes and I'm just so grateful for all of it. And um, it's funny because some people look at me with, with everything with, you know, the treatment and, you know, the alcoholism and stuff like that. And they'll be like, Oh, like, I'm, I'm so, I'm sorry. Like you went through that. Like, are you, you know, are you okay? Like, and coming back to like the stigma, like you mentioned in the very beginning, like, like, no, like I, I'm very grateful for it. And I'm very proud of it because like, I, like the way I feel now with my relationship with God and like the path I'm walking and how it's amazing how things are just kind of naturally falling into place with, you know, not too much effort on my part. And, um, it's just amazing to be a part of and to live it every day. And, um, yeah, I just have so much gratitude. I know I'm just spitting that out, but I, I, I can't emphasize it enough, honestly. We man, like and in, in your recovery too, as far as like starting to serve others, you know, and just that other uh, giving back type thing, you know, like the Bible talks about loving God with everything we have. And then an extension from that, Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself, you know? And so like we learning to love God and then learning to flow out that love towards others is exactly like what you're experiencing. And, that's sweet and the other thing i think is cool too i heard you say about you know doing your daily inventory and stuff like that and you're able to to catch things um and that's really cool you know god talks about that as well in terms you know as far as like putting off and putting on and just guarding our heart you know and just the the ways that we walk each day and walking in in step with his word and with his spirit and uh that's good and it's like walking through recovery over something 
really gives us that um, ability to see really what God's calling. I think everybody to is to have that regular checkup on where their heart's going on a regular basis. So it doesn't drift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, because that's one thing I think last time too, is when I started to feel good, I drifted away from that, you know, because I think one thing I've realized is like, you know, when you're down in that pit and things are really hard, it's used to be like, you know, reach out, reaching out to God and everything. But I think for me, like, it's like, okay, if I don't do this on a daily basis, you know, even when things are going really good and even just thanking him and stuff, instead of just going to him in times of need, like I need to show my gratitude and like praise to God, even during those good times and the, my addiction and, you know, the enemy can sneak up on me in ways that I, I don't, ex, you know, I don't even see sometimes like, you know, like I said, things are working out really well and things at work are going really well, but I can very easily start drifting down the path where like work is all of a sudden a hundred percent my focus, you know, or working out a hundred percent my focus where like every day I need that checklist and that structure of just, making sure I'm doing those things and thanking God for all these opportunities I am having and just continuing to pray about it. And, you know, being analyzing conversations I have or words I'm saying, or like, am I truly living out these things that I, that I am setting forth that I, the way I want to live. Um, because like I said, all of a sudden, you know, those little habits, if I miss a day, if I miss, you know, that turns into two days and all of a sudden these little habits turn into, okay, I'm back to the old me. And, you know, I, like I said, I mean, I, I not just one drink away from it, but, you know, I could relapse emotionally too. And to get back to that angry state, like it's not just the bottle for me. And I realized that this time through too, like it was also my anger, my resentment towards others, my need to control things. So like I could have a relapse without drinking, you know, and that's where I need to continue to check myself. Um, but like how yeah. you're talking about um, um, having a schedule and there's certain things that you have to do every day. Well, you started doing them and then now you just feel like you need to do them and want to do them. It's a sense of security and stability. Cause I, I know for myself, whenever I was in, uh, whenever I just got a treatment and went to a, um, transitional living here in Alaska is called Freedom House. Um, but having that stability and that schedule, it keeps your mind busy and it almost makes you feel like secure. Like you know what you're going to do, you know what you need to do and everything's okay. You know? And, so, and I think yeah. it's important that people yeah. do that. Yeah, that's good. And that's, you know, coming back to the, the COVID thing, I think I realized how important that is for me because, you know, when it was, I mean, of course, it started off as like a little vacation and it, it was, I don't know how it was in Alaska, but, you know, we were shut down for a good bit here in Pennsylvania. But um, it was always like, oh, I can get my devotional in later. I have all day. I literally have nothing to do. And then like it was pushed off. And then right now, like I just manage everything in my life where it's like, you know, even if I again, even if I am feeling good, like, you know, it's wake up. I mean, of course. I do still have a big caffeine problem. I will say that. So wake up, caffeine, devotional, podcast. Um, you know, you know, 
throw the headphones in, whether it's, you know, I, I said podcast, but either that or like worship music, listen to a speaker, whatever. And then it's, uh, you know, hit, hit the gym, go to work. Then on the way home, it's okay. I got to call someone else in recovery on the way home. Even if I'm feeling good, you know, just to check in and see how they're doing. And it could be a five minute conversation. Hey, how was your day? Yeah. Busy. How are you busy? You know, whatever, you know, even doing that helps hold me accountable. And, you know, every now and then I could call, you know, maybe someone that isn't having a good day and maybe even that phone call, you know, could help. Um, one thing I started doing is if I meet people at meetings or celebrate recovery or anything, I'll, uh, you know, especially if it's for the first time that I'm meeting them, I'll save them and I'll put them in a group called like, I'll, I'll put like newcomer or whatever. And like some days on the way home, I'll just scroll, pick a random number, hit that number and call them, you know, yeah. and just kind of like, you know, it's just something like, you know, hit the, hit the uh the spin board of like who you know and that you know maybe maybe god meant for me to hit that that button and stuff you know and it's just kind of like a, a good way for me because i think mentally when i try to control some like who i'm reaching out to i can get too um in my ways of only calling certain people or naturally you get along with certain people better than other people maybe but there might be someone that you can help or change their life that you normally wouldn't call so that's kind of why i started like setting it up that way where it's almost like a, uh, you know, a random drawing of who I'm going to call some days on my way home, um, which has been cool because I've met a lot of cool people that I probably normally wouldn't talk to or normally wouldn't hang out with. And they've honestly have turned into like some of my best friends, which is awesome. And that's that's a, the other thing that's amazing about this is, you know, coming back again, like God puts puts people in our lives, you know, and that sometimes go neglected. And I think, you know, people read the Bible and people are like, Oh, like where are the miracle miracles now these days and stuff? Like they're expecting like some big major thing. But I mean, I think about my journey and like times where, you know, I walked into a bar and there's conveniently like two people from church that I saw when I was in like a really bad spot. And it's like, you know, okay, what are the odds that these two random people are there and I hang out with them for the night instead of getting loaded thinking about and this was back of course but just like timing like that and those are like like little miracles every day that i think people tend to neglect yeah. and the people that we are put into our lives and not being too proud to talk to anybody not being too proud to listen to anybody that's a big thing that i need to work on too um just truly listening to people and you know getting to know them getting to learn their stories and it's just phenomenal how many how many amazing people there are out there. And there's a lot of hurt out there in the world. So I just think what you guys are doing is awesome. Plus your guys' clothing is all like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty dope too. My mom got me some for Christmas and I, I love it. I get compliments. The trust the process ones are so cool. Um, so I think what you guys are doing is awesome all around. Yeah. I just want to say anybody that's li going to be listening to this in the future that I think it's a, um, I want to point out that Taylor's testimony and in his personal experience is a very prime example of working the program of how it's designed. And, and if you actually apply the AA program and apply um, utilizing your resources and stepping outside your comfort zone, it works. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want everybody to really um, 
hear, listen to that message, like Taylor was just saying, really, truly, genuinely hear what is being said. It's not a shame pointing the finger at anybody. It's just that you have hope and that you're not alone. You are not alone. You are not at your wits. I mean, you may feel like you're at your wits end, but there is hope. There is a way out. And I know if we can do it, you guys can do it too. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Taylor. Yeah, thank, yeah. thanks for joining us, Ben. How did, how did you find out about Choose Your Cover? You mentioned your, you know, the Christmas gift and stuff. but uh, So that's initially how. So my mom got me some of the shirts for Christmas. And I know you guys send, like, the little cards. that are like, oh, like, tag us, you know, when you wear the stuff and everything. And then I did that. And um, then, yeah. Got the message a couple of days. I mean, I guess when a couple of days later, you know, just message about opportunity about, you know, doing this. And then um, that's really just cool how I found out about it, which is, which is awesome. Like, I mean, you guys really seem to be utilizing like cool outlets to, to reach out to people just because like, you know, the fact that my mom, you know, like I said, she's very supportive in the recovery, like was probably just online shopping for, I mean, who knows what she searched to find you guys, but, um, but, uh, got some of the, the, uh, you know, the gear and, you know, some of the wristbands and stuff. And I just, the cards you guys sent along with them, then to read your guys mission and the story and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty sweet. And then to see like, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, I'll throw the shirt on and tag them. And then for you guys to reach out and have an opportunity for me to like share, um, it, you know, it's just, again, like just God working through you guys to, you know, I'm just so lucky to have a chance just to share anything. And it all started because my mom bought probably some, not tonight, semi-random recovery yeah. clothing. Yeah, it's awesome. I would like. yeah, yeah. But, um, no, it's just another avenue. I mean, there's so many avenues today like that you guys can utilize like between like you guys doing the YouTube channel, the podcast, like the clothing line, the Instagram. It's just so, so cool to like normalize it and turn it into, you know, you know, make God and his works like just like a, like a, a fad. Like, I don't want to say fad. Right. Like, a, like a movement of like, you know, oh, like, you know, this clothing line's cool. Like these guys are cool. Like, let's share this story and then it just turns into God's word. And that's, that's just neat. Yeah. That's sweet, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining, uh, with us and everybody tuning in that maybe listening or watching, man, I hope you guys, uh, just got something that you could take away and, uh, reach out to someone around you. You can reach out to us as well. Uh, give a shout out to, to Taylor as well. We'll try to link, uh, your stuff so people can, see who you are and reach out to you too and hope you guys are encouraged and so wherever you're at have a blessed blessed day anything else that's it tune in on whichever podcast platform works best for you follow us on instagram facebook twitter pinterest and youtube we are choose recovery that's choose rcvry.com